Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 15th of May 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. There's so much advice out there about choosing and keeping a life partner. A quick Google search pulls up advice on how to bag a partner, how to keep them yours, and how to charm the socks off your heart's desire. If you're a rom-com fan, you may be forgiven for thinking the best relationships are built from misunderstandings and awkward moments. But what really makes a relationship tick? As we walk through the humid streets of Hong Kong this week, reflecting on our own relationships, we'll be listening to a story from Niharika about a holiday she spent with someone special. After Niharika, we'll hear a story sent to us from a listener, Annie, about her own family connections. Before we get to the stories today, however, a big thanks goes out to our Hong Kong listeners. We continue this storytelling journey through your support. Thanks, too, go out to our listeners in South San Francisco, California in the USA, Riga in Latvia, and Mumbai in India. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our next live show is in May, and it's called Top Notch, and there are two of them. On May 30th and June 1st, Hong Kong Stories will take to the stage with our favorite stories from the past 12 months. These two shows are part of the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival, which is an extravaganza of spoken word performances, all taking place at the Fringe Club in Central. Alongside Hong Kong Stories will be Hong Kong Improv, Comedy HK, Peel Street Poetry with Spill Stories, Liars League, and five of the top podcasters in Hong Kong interviewing their specially selected guests. Tickets are available from the website at hongkongspokenwordfestival.com or follow the link on our own website at hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. Now from our January 2019 show with the theme of new territories, here is Neherika. I was sleep deprived and I was irritated. We both were. It was five in the morning on November 9th. Remember the date, by the way, because it's my birthday. Um, so Indy and I, my boyfriend Indy and I, had already snapped at each other at least thrice that morning. Two of the times were because Uber drivers canceled on us after making us wait for 15 minutes each time. The probability of us making the 7.20 a.m. train to Guangzhou, the connecting station for our much-awaited trip, my birthday trip to Guilin, was below 50% now. The two of us, Indy and I, can be pretty dysfunctional together, especially when organizing a trip, almost always off to a rocky start. On top of that, my birthdays tend to be quite eventful, not in a good way. Two years ago, we missed our flight back from Tokyo to Hong Kong and spent the entire day, plus $5,000, at the Narita airport. So our travel anxieties were not baseless. Anyhow, at 6 o'clock, we managed to get a red taxi. Got into the cab. Quite literally, Indy felt his pockets for phone, wallet, cigarette, lighter, all check. I opened my bag and checked for the essentials. I'm not quite sure why we always do this after getting in the cab rather than before leaving the house. But anyway, 
relieved that we did have everything. And according to Google Maps, we would be there at the station in just about 20 minutes. Our mood lightened. We sat back in the cab, lightly hugged each other, and I closed my eyes. I let myself get lost in the paradise that awaited us in Gwelin. Plush green rice terraces, vast expanses of orange plantations, those funnily shaped mountains with fog all around them, the cool winter breeze. Zzzz. This is the sound of my drone flying overhead. I could hear it in the cab. We'd booked a full-day photography excursion at Gwelin and already told our photo guide to take us to places where we could fly the drone from. This trip was going to be everything I wanted. The peace and simplicity of a countryside with hiking and photography and the comfort of a boutique hotel with a glass ceiling so we could watch the stars as we fell asleep. That's not the reason why I picked this place, though. I picked Gwelin simply because I had a two-year multiple-entry visa to China, which I had only used once for a massage in Shenzhen. <laughs> so I sold Guilin as the perfect destination to Indy and made him get a multiple-entry China visa as well. Now, just as Google predicted, we reached Hong Kong Station by 6.30. Ample time to catch our train. But I spoke too soon. The security queue seemed to be a mile long. Why is everyone going to China today? We stood at the end of the queue, almost forgetting that we were yet to collect our tickets from the agency office. So Indy held our spot in the queue while I ran across the departure hall looking for the China, China ticketing agency office, worried that it's going to be closed at this wee hour in the morning. Luckily, it wasn't. I found the office, got the tickets, and ran back just in time when Indy had reached the security security checkpoint. I cut the queue, joined him, ignoring all insults and eye rolls thrown my way. Finally, at 7, we made it to the platform and were waiting for the train. We couldn't fully relax yet, though, as after getting to Guangzhou, we were supposed to take a taxi to the other end of the city and take a train to Guilin. Time was of the essence. So when we got to Guangzhou, we suppressed the urge to stop at duty-free and went straight to immigration. Indy and I stood in parallel lines and decided to fill out our forms while standing in the line to save time. So I'm filling out my immigration form. Name, Neharika. Date of birth, November 9th. Smiling while writing that, thinking that the immigration officer is going to bring out a cake for me when he reads that. Passport number, blah, blah, blah. Visa number, let me check. Let me check. Uh, I am running through the pages of my passport again, and again, and again. You know the two-year multiple-entry visa I thought I had? I did have it, but it had expired in April, six months ago. It's my turn to see the immigration officer, but I'm frozen. I cannot move. Another officer comes from behind me, taps me on the shoulder. What's the matter? I can't speak. I turn around, searching for Indy. He's looking at me, concerned. The anxiety is now real. We have paid for this trip for everything up front. The hotel, the train tickets, the photography tour, all that money is wasted. 
This vacation is ruined. My birthday is ruined. My birthday is always ruined. I'm born to bring bad luck. I literally told everyone in this office, on my office about this trip. I'm going to look like such a fool when I show up to work on Monday. I'm not going to go to work. I'm never going to go to work. I made Indy run around for the multiple entry visa while I didn't even bother to check if I have one. He's going to hate me. He's going to dump me. He's going to dump me on my birthday. And tears began rolling down my cheeks. I finally managed to speak, addressing not the immigration officer, but Indy. I don't have a visa. <laughs> Indy looked at me, spread his arms out, and smiled. Clearly, you guys don't watch Bollywood movies. <laughs> because this is the most famous line from the most romantic Bollywood movie, <laughs> which translates to, it's all right, my love. In big countries, such small things are pretty common. I wanted to run into his arms and hug him just like the scene in the movie, but the immigration officer was in the way. <laughs> he took away my passport, ushered me to a side, then asked Indy if he still wanted to go to China. Obviously not. So he took Indy's passport as well and escorted us both back to the plane, train platform. As we got on the train, um, we contemplated going straight to Wan Chai uh, getting an expedited China visa from the consulate and going to Guilin the next day. But I soon realized my passport was expiring, so <laughs> I did not meet the criteria for a China visa. Tears began rolling down my cheeks once again. Now, Indy tried to cheer me up, listing out different things that we could do in Hong Kong instead. At first, I wasn't listening, but I guess his excitement rubbed off on me. By 11.30, we were back in Hong Kong with a new itinerary, a list of things to do, things we hadn't done before in Hong Kong for the next four days. While the meticulously planned vacation completely bombed, the spontaneous staycation was a hit. Over the next four days, we discovered our favorite new brunch place in Central. We discovered our favorite rooftop bar at a hotel in Wampua, the hotel at which, exactly six months later, we got engaged. Thank you. It's those moments when crisis hits that tells you what kind of person your chosen partner really is. If you have a story you'd like to tell but aren't sure how to get it ready for public consumption, you can sign up for an afternoon workshop on May 25th or June 1st at the Fringe Club where some of our most experienced hosts will guide you through the process of finding and developing your story. These workshops are part of the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival. Go to the website hongkongspokenwordfestival.com and show your support for all the fantastic spoken word groups in Hong Kong. Next up, we have a story from Annie, who's a supporter and a podcast listener. She listened to this podcast and thought she too has a story to tell, so she wrote it down and sent it to us in an email. Here is a story from Annie. I have a really great relationship with my in-laws. They're originally from Hong Kong, but currently they reside in the United States. Well, we are here. 
It's been three long years since we last saw them, and they finally come back home. Since we have a child, it's natural that we want them to stay in our home, so we can maximize time with them. They miss their grandson so much, and he also misses them greatly. One night after our son went to bed, my father-in-law boasts about his latest purchase back in the States. Guess how much I bought these vitamins for, he says proudly as he eats one of the gummy vitamins. I try to guess, but I'm distracted by the pink bottle he's holding. It's odd that it's pink and purple. Usually that indicates it's for women. Wait, what does that say? I quickly realize why those colors dominate the bottle. And as I start to laugh, he tells me, Only three dollars. It was so cheap. But this is the only one left, so I only bought one. I would have bought them all. Tears are flowing from my eyes from laughing so much, and I tell our family, Dad, you're eating prenatal vitamins. You've been taking these for how long? Everyone in our home is chuckling so much we can't talk clearly. My father-in-law is in shock and laughs that he thought it said parental, not prenatal. He couldn't contain his laughter and joined us in those laughing so hard we cry moments. It wouldn't be family if we didn't occasionally have moments like this with them. They make life so hilariously fun to live. Thanks to Annie for sending her story in to us. If you have a story you'd like to share, you can send it in too. Our contact details are on the website at hongkongstories.com. We promise to read everything you send us, and we may even read it on the podcast. Thanks for listening to today's story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Our hero of this podcast is Jen, who curated and directed the January 2019 show. Thanks go out too to all those community-based groups who are performing at the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival. Your work is appreciated. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.